Greetings, 501st Cast listeners. Welcome to 501st Cast Classics, where we re-release episodes from way back in the early years of our podcast. We hope you enjoy this little trip down memory lane. That's no moon. It's the 501st Cast. We found the computer outlet, sir. Plug in. You should be able to interpret the entire Imperial Network. You are listening to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, the world's definitive Imperial costuming organization. You are tuned in to the latest news and mission reports from the front lines as the men and women of Vader's Fist celebrate 10 years of promoting Star Wars, honing the art of costumes and props, and contributing to the community through charity and volunteer work. Welcome back once again to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion International Costuming Organization. This is Episode 7 for Wednesday, January 23rd, 2008. I am your host, Dean, TK-899. I'm Lore, TK-7883. And this is Nikki, DZ-8397. And thank you again, Nikki, our probe droid from behind the scenes for, for stepping in and, and taking up the slack for Varza, who is unable to be with us this for this episode. I want to go ahead and report that the 501st Legion is currently at 3,854 members with a total of 5,575 costumes. You can always check the latest count of our membership and costumes in real time at 501st.com where you'll find everything you need to know about the fighting 501st. Also, be sure to check out our podcast page at 501st.com slash podcast for show notes and videos and cool links that we mentioned during each episode. And of course, we have our MySpace page at myspace.com slash 501stcast. Nikki, how many friends do we have currently with MySpace? We are up to 277 friends. Awesome. So we, we already met that goal. We are leaping forward now to, I guess, we're approaching 300 friends. I guess there's a lot of sites out there. I was visiting somebody's, one of our honorary members uh, had a site, and they've got just thousands and thousands of friends. So we've still got a long way to go there. So if you have not already, please go to myspace.com slash 501stcast and join us as a friend. We'd love to have you there. Yeah, that was just 77 friends in, what, three weeks? Yeah, that's not too bad. Last, no, that's pretty good. Yeah, anybody care to do the math on that one? Uh, <laughs> That's not my strong point. We'll have to have Varza check up on that. Maybe she can report back uh, when she's on the next episode with us. But moving right along, the episode highlights. This episode is a pretty interesting one. We've got a lot of variety in this one. Uh, in this episode, you'll find out why the, why the Jundland Wastes are now a little safer to travel. You'll also find out what Alf, Kermit the Frog, and Benny Hill have in common with Star Wars. And... Who Kenny Baker, R2-D2, calls upon to make his grandson's birthday extra special, plus a long-awaited update from Heart of an Empire, the independent fan film about the Fighting 501st. We've got more mission reports and questions from the fans, so let's get right into recent news. Have you ever heard of the Fighting 501st? No. I've never heard of Fighting 501st. Is that a college savings fund? I don't know. <laughs> Look me up. 
Any idea what they might be? No. What might they be? So I guess the first question you have is the first question I have. Are these people crazy? Yeah, that's, that's uh, probably a fair question. So why would adults dress like this? We put in the paper and come see Darth Vader. We get a whole lot of email uh, asking about the status of uh, Jay Thompson's independent film, Heart of the Empire, which of course is all about the 501st Legion. Up until now, we can only guess to when or if the film, whose limited premieres were well received by the fans and critics, would have a widespread release. While nothing concrete as of yet, we are... Happy to give out a report from Heart of an Empire's marketing guy, Matt Myers. Matt writes, We are currently in talks with a distributor who will handle the release of the film. We don't know yet if it's going to, to be theater, TV, DVD, or a combination of those, but we are in talks. There is not a lot of news we can announce just yet, but we have had to pull out from film festivals, cease marketing the film right now until the deal is complete. Once a deal is solidified and signed, I guarantee you'll hear about it and the excitement and the anticipation that the 501st members have for this film. Uh, rest assured, we will give uh, the latest news of the Heart of the Empire as soon as it's announced. In the meantime, check out heartofanempire.com to see almost 200 photos from the production and the premiere of the film and watch the awesome trailer again and again. Yeah, I think I have uh, one of the earlier Heart of an Empire t-shirts, which is a really cool shirt with the the logo on it that has the the trooper as as like part of the I think part of the one of the letters or something like that and the word empire and that trooper by the way little little five hundred first trivia the silhouette of that trooper is actually our very own Chris TK four hundred nine I've got that shirt and I went to look at their site again recently and I noticed that they do not have their heart of an empire store on there anymore which they were selling posters and shirts and you know mouse pads and I don't know boxer shorts, whatever they say, anything with Heart of an Empire on it. And they also had some um, some great video blogs of their production behind the scenes, and I don't see those on there anymore, so either I miss them or perhaps it has something to do with the fact, like this quote that you just had from Matt Myers, that they had to stop marketing the film because there's something in the works. But anyway, that definitely sounds like good news, and I'm glad we had something to report because people really do ask about this quite often. And I tell you, we are very excited to see this this film come to fruition and, and get some kind of widespread release. I'm sure as a DVD, it would be extremely popular. So hopefully that's that's one of the outlets for it. I agree. Well, on uh, January 14th, the Dune Sea Garrison was given the approval to launch its first subunit, the aptly named Jundland Waste Squad, which is representing the southern counties of Arizona. This new squad is comprised of dedicated 501st members who have been proudly serving Tucson, Arizona's second largest city, and other outlining areas, establishing an already impressive repertoire of core events, including holiday parades, hospital visits, charity marches, and more. So congratulations to the new squad and Dune Sea Garrison on its first squad. Very cool. The Junlin Waste Squad. What, that's a cool name, especially you know with the tie-in with its parent unit, the Dune Sea Garrison. So that only makes sense. And obviously, Junlin Waste Squad is, is taking its name from the Tuscan-infested regions of the Tatooine Desert. Um, but for those who have not read our charter, uh, the 501st Charter, we do have a set of rules, believe it or not. Well, the Legion's membership, basically, for people who don't know how we are structured... It's broken down into geographical units called garrisons um, or outposts if they're smaller smaller groups, and they consist of about 25 members or more. Those groups are then broken down into squads consisting of 10 or more members, and generally that's to give a sense of identity and morale and to help organization on a local level because sometimes you've got a garrison which covers, let's say, a, uh, an entire state. 
and it's such a huge geographic area that they need you know you may have two or three members that are in the you know far far corner of one of these states and all the rest of the members are you know literally four or five hours away and those those two members kind of tend to feel isolated even though they are within the territory of a particular garrison so squads kind of help to foster along a little bit of sense of identity but they are uh subservient for the lack of a better word uh to that parent garrison they still fall under the command of uh of the leaders of that particular garrison so anyway just a little insider knowledge there for uh for those of you who did not know exactly what a 501st squad was versus an outpost or a garrison. A wonderful testament to the fact that we are a truly international organization, Taiwan Outpost member James, ID 9428, and his new bride recently visited Spain on their honeymoon. With the members of the 501st Spanish garrison as their guides, the newlyweds enjoyed Spanish landmarks like Gaudí's Pedrera, the Sagrada Familia Cathedral, and even a recognizable Star Wars locale, the Plaza de España in Seville, which doubled for part of a Naboo courtyard scene in Episode 2. In true 501st fashion, pun intended, James wore his finest black Imperial officer uniform during his sightseeing visit to Seville to recreate some off-screen moments of Imperial occupation. So, pretty cool. Our members taking care of members. Um, I'm definitely going to give the Spanish garrison a heads up when I head over to Spain um, sometime in the future. Sounds like they... We're very hospitable, and sounds like it was a great visit over there. Yeah, that's one of the things that I, I'm always reading that 501st members just are amazed at. They can they can go wherever, and they have someone that they can visit with, or you know, give them a tour, and it's just it's just great. <laughs> you know, yeah, it, it helps them, the locals, you know, because then you know you know where the good places to go eat are, so you don't have to eat at McDonald's or whatever. So. That's exactly yeah. right. That's exactly right. Yeah, you know, I don't know. It didn't didn't it? Well, the five hundred first wasn't around when when I got married. But that's. I mean, this sounds like um, you know we should get that five hundred first travel agency going or something like that. I mean, it's just you know all the networking. You know, it's just so cool. I've talked about it many times, and you know I've heard Albin talk about it. I've heard other people talk about it when they go overseas. Um, we pretty much do seem to have five hundred first members in, in a lot of the at least the major destinations around the world, and it's just very cool. I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to doing some kind of overseas travel, you know, just <laughs> just so I can get that red carpet treatment from from our fellow <laughs> members. And you know what's funny in the, in this in this uh, little little bit here, we mentioned the Sagrada Familia again, and it's really bizarre. But isn't that like the third time we've mentioned mentioned the Sagrada Familia Church on the five hundred first cast? So. At least twice. At least twice. I think this was the third time. I guess there's a lot of stuff going on in in Spain for some reason, but I do have a soft spot for for Barcelona. That uh, well, incidentally, that is where I did go f- for my honeymoon. But at that time, I was not in the five hundred first, and the five hundred first did not exist. So there's a clue to my age. <laughs> one one other thing I wanted to add was that James and his wife they brought along these little C three PO and R two D two Kubrick figures. They're kind of like. Well, you collectors, you know what the Kubrick figures are. And they took him on the trip, and it's kind of like the traveling trooper that we mentioned in our in one of our past episodes. But they set up these little figures, R2 and 3PO, in front of a lot of these big Spanish landmarks and took pictures. So uh, that was kind of a cool way in itself of just being a nice Star Wars touch to their vacation. But thanks again to the Spanish garrison for being such wonderful hosts. I agree. I got some news uh, coming from my, my home squad, the Dubac Ridge Squad. We're conquering New Mexico for the Mount Garrison. We received an appreciation award plaque last week from our local Marine Corps, our Marine Reserve Corps, and for helping them out in their uh, 
their Toys for Tots program, and we mentioned it on some of the previous podcasts that we did a bunch of like Toys for Tots stuff. But most groups typically receive, receive like paper certificate, you know, as a thanks for volunteering and you know helping out collecting toys. But since we went so above and beyond the Call of Duty, we got this like really nice like wooden plaque, and it says like 501st Legion on it, has like the Toys for Tots logo on it. And uh, the gunnery sergeant in charge of the event was like so pleased with the uh, the partnership with uh, the Marine Corps and the Empire. And he, he said, you know, he, he wanted to get some more contact info from us so that, you know, he was like, well, if we got anything, can we call you guys? And I was like, well, of course. So, you know, it's really neat. And maybe we'll have a picture in our uh, show notes of the cool plaque we got. Very good. Congratulations. You're making things difficult for, like, the Brownie troops and the Cub Scouts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Severe like, competition. He's like, get out of the way, you little grunts. Well, oh, we like cool. the kids. <laughs> well, congratulations to the Dubac Ridge Squad. You're you're quite active out there, and uh, well, we certainly appreciate it. And anybody else, any other members who are listening, again, these mission reports are based upon uh, your feedback. So let us know if you've got a cool event that's either coming up or you just had something uh, happen in your neck of the woods that is really cool and that you'd like to hear us uh, spread to the rest of the listening audience. Um, please do contact us at 501st.com slash podcast, or you can email us actually at podcast at 501st.com. Moi, je m'appelle Z6PO, interprète des données cyborg. Et voici mon équipier, D2R2. Salut. Ah, C-3PO. Fluent in over six million forms of communication, even French. Roger Carell, who was the voice of protocol droid C-3PO in the French-speaking releases of all six Star Wars films, also lent his vocal talents to dubbed pop culture icons such as Elf, Kermit the Frog, and Benny Hill. We are now proud to be featuring the talented Monsieur Carrel in our honorary member gallery, as the 501st French Garrison had the pleasure of inducting him into our ranks back in October of 2007 at the Star Wars Reunion 2 convention in France. We'll have some links to related videos of Roger Carrel from his appearance at Star Wars Reunion 2 in our show notes. And uh, I know that's not new news because we did talk about we did mention in that report that it was back in October of 7 that Roger Corral became an honorary member but we for some reason just recently got the information so he is now featured in honorary member gallery on 501st.com and you know I got curious that that little audio clip we just played there was actually you know actually from Star Wars that's actually what you would hear if you went to see Star Wars in the theaters in France and I got curious and I popped in my Star Wars DVDs and set the audio selection to the secondary audio, you know, for French, I think it's Dolby, Dolby Stereo, and voila, Roger Carell as C-3PO. And I'm not sure if you've done this before, but it's actually quite entertaining to watch Star Wars, you know, the movies that you that you know and you love in another language. And because we've all memorized the dialogue as the the rabid fans that we are, you can practically learn French or another language if you do it often enough. It puts a fresh spin on the film. So if you haven't done it, I recommend you doing it, you know, and getting those DVDs and putting them in there. And typically you've got English, Spanish, and French uh, on the DVDs. And it's just sort of like this, you know, beautiful hidden hidden secrets. And it sounds like maybe a good good party game or something. I don't know. Sit around and you know, <laughs> watch the movies in another language. But you know what we're going to do? That little audio clip that we just played, let's do that as this episode's contest. And what we're going to ask you as the listening audience is to identify 
which of the six Star Wars films that audio clip came from and give a short description of the, the actual scene that's happening there where you hear the voices. And, and obviously, you, there's a clue. You know C-3PO is, is in the scene. And the first person to post the correct answer on our show notes at 501st.com slash podcast in the, uh, as a comment in our comments area for Episode 7 will be the winner. So please go there and post. And don't forget, if you've already won a previous 501st cast contest, you are not eligible. Give everybody else a chance. And admittedly, the, the people in France and, and French-speaking Canada and, uh, what was it, Monaco, I think they probably have a leg up on you on this one. Okay, someone's getting a phone call. <laughs> They've got an answer already. Boy, these guys are good, I tell you. And now, a short intermission. And the prize for this episode 7 of the 501st cast is going to be... And this is kind of neat, because this kind of ties into our last episode. And um, well, the last episode, our contest surrounded the Star Wars Vault. And we'll give you the answer to that a little bit later on. But uh, it, it surrounded the Star Wars Vault book by Steve Sansweet and Pete Vilmer. And inside there, we mentioned that the 501st had some stuff reproduced in there. And the thing that they had chosen to reproduce was the Celebration 3 501st Droid Hunt badge. And I am, as we are recording this, I'm holding in my hands one of the originals of the Celebration 3 Droid Hunt badge that has C-3PO on it. And this is an unlaminated badge. The real ones were actually, the ones that were in play during the game were actually laminated. And that is one aspect that Steve Sansweet did not reproduce accurately in the Star Wars Vault. Um, and I know this because I'm the one who produced the badges. I have an unlaminated version here, which are much easier to autograph. And this is going to be our prize for the C-3PO trivia question with the uh, French audio clip. And it is a C-3 badge, like I said before, and it is autographed by Ton Wee, who is Rena Owen, one of our honorary members. So it's a pretty cool item. It's a 501st collectible, and it's also autographed by an actual Star Wars celebrity. And I'm going to include this with some trading cards and tattoos as part of the prize pack. Moving right along, we have another episode of A Different Point of View from TD0013. Let's take a listen. What I told you was true. From a certain point of view. A certain point of view? You know, I am sick and tired of hearing the hypocrisy coming from the rebel lovers camp about the Empire. On one hand, you all whine about how evil we are and what a bunch of heartless killer stormtroopers can be. But at the same time, you all love to joke and crack wise about how we're supposedly the worst shots in the galaxy. Also, as I covered a couple segments ago, you're all quick to give us crap about the supposed Battle of Endor and how we allegedly got beaten by a bunch of fuzzy midgets. Well, what about the Battle of Hop? Oh, sure. No one ever brings up how our meticulous search for the Rebel base was so amazingly successful and efficient. One planet out of billions, and we found it. Never mind how we managed to get planet side without any losses, despite losing the element of surprise due to an admiral snafu. And please, let's not bring up that we not only infiltrated Echo Station, but we kicked every we came into contact with. Why are these things never mentioned by the rebel lovers? Because we won hands down. 
The Battle of Hoth was a turning point in Imperial history because it showed that we not only had the technology to root out the terrorists, but we also had the fortitude to pursue them at any length in order to preserve the peace and security the Imperial citizen enjoys. It was a clear-cut example of military precision. We didn't kill one non-combatant, and only the base itself was target. We didn't even bombard it from orbit, which is standard procedure. We came down and captured these terrorists. Yes, some escaped, but we still ended up with plenty of prisoners to interrogate. Yeah, we lost some walkers and troopers, but casualties are a grim reality of this job, and it's something that we're all prepared to accept in the name of keeping order and keeping you safe while you sleep. We won this fair and square, so if you're going to rub our noses in the Battle of Endor, then you'd better start giving us credit for the Battle of Hoth. I'm TD0013, and this has been A Different Point of View. The following has been a presentation of A Different Point of View, all rights reserved. The opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of the Empire or its subsidiary systems. www.adpov.net And once again, it's not a 501st cast episode without mission reports. Uploading and linking with your visor, sir. The Great Lakes Garrison, first official event. On January 15th, the new 501st Great Lakes Garrison had its first fi- official event. Two members traveled to uh, the Saigna Township, Michigan, thanks to an invite from a Delta's College Sci-Fi Club. Since Great Lakes has no members in the area yet, it was a great opportunity for both 501st and the University Sci-Fi Club to promote and recruit as part of the college's winter warm-up and club day. John TK5037 and Dave TK8875 spent their time meeting with students and faculty, posing for photos, networking for future events, and even dancing in the commons while uh, students sang and played their guitar. Uh, Their networking paid off instantly as Great Lakes uh, has been invited back for Delta's next hockey game. Thanks to John TK5037 for the report. Ah, yes. I remember dancing in the commons... Those college days. In your TK armor? Uh, no. Once again, included my age. There was no TK armor <laughs> when I was in college. So, Nikki, why don't you just go ahead and tell us about the uh, Hong Kong Shadow Outpost? Okay. The Hong Kong Shadow Outpost had a series of troops at the Hollywood Plaza in Hong Kong for the Star Wars Expo. This expo was an exhibit of Star Wars collectibles and props gathered by members of the outpost. I noticed that one display had some examples of the numerous 501st patches that we have and collect, as well as collectibles brought in from other Star Wars fans in Hong Kong. The event was kicked off by a bus ride through the city where 501st members stood in the open top of the bus to help promote the event. At the expo itself, Outpost members posed for photos with attendees to raise money for the Caring for Children Foundation. They also played games, hosted a drawing competition for guests, and held a charity auction for a Darth Vader helmet custom decoration, with a custom decoration by Cantonese pop idol Teresa Fu. Thanks to Sang, SL6473, for that report. Very cool. Cantonese saw- pop idols. <laughs> on the 501st cast, wherever, where else would you hear about it? Actually, I, I did a, a little bit of research on, uh, on Teresa Fu because I wasn't really sure who she was. And, um, yeah, she's a pretty big deal in, uh, I guess they call it like HK pop or... 
or uh, Canto Pop. Yeah, basically, I mean, she was in a couple of, of bands, and she does modeling and all kinds of stuff, but pretty big deal, pretty big deal. So congratulations to the Hong Kong Shadow Outpost getting her involved with that. Yeah, I can only imagine how successful that, that bus ride must have been. I mean, that's definitely not something that you would see every day. A whole bunch of stormtroopers, I think there was a Mara Jade, a Royal Guard, standing up on this bus with a huge banner on it. it was, that must have definitely been a sight. Well, you know, if, if you're like a, a citizen walking through downtown Hong Kong, you're probably thinking, you know, this, ah, this Western influence, you know. But, uh, yeah, pretty cool stuff. And, um, and congratulations again to the Hong Kong Shadow Outpost. Good job, troops. Well, on January 12th, 2008, four members of the U.K. garrison, Chris, TK2233, Andy, TK2173, Adam, BH6648, and Barry, TK2676, had the opportunity to troop a very special Star Wars birthday party for a seven-year-old. Now, due to the high volume of birthday requests, the 501st usually isn't able to fulfill them all, but this particular party just happened to be for the grandson of British actor Kenny Baker, R2-D2 himself. TK2233 reported that it was a little unnerving to walk into the party and be confronted by 20 little Vaders, assorted Jedi, and a clone trooper, all beating up on each other with toy lightsabers. Thankfully for the 501st, the lightsabers were confiscated for the duration of their visit. The Baker family, including Kenny, enjoyed hosting our troops and wrote a very nice thank you letter to the UK garrison, noting how young Connor was the talk of his school in the days that followed. Thanks to Robert, TK6870, and Chris, TK2233, for that report. It's pretty cool to be, uh, to be able to troop for uh, Kenny Baker's grandson. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and this is what our, for me, this is what our honorary memberships are about. I mean, we love to help out the celebrities, and in return, they do stuff for us as well. They help us out with charity events. They provide autographs, like, for example, the, uh, the Rena Owen uh, prize that we're giving away. You know, they have no problem giving us autographs for uh, items that we can use as prizes or for fundraisers. And um, it's also good to hear some events from the, the UKG as well. As one of the most active units in the Legion, we should be hearing a lot more from the UK garrison. Congratulations, troops, and thank you for representing us. Members of the uh, O-Line garrison in Maryland with Garrison Carita and uh, a member from Garrison Tyrannus and some Rebel Legion friends trooped uh, four night uh, January 17th through the 20th, a sci-fi spectacular with the Baltimore Symphony Orchestra. The concert uh, featured a selection of uh, science fiction themes from Star Wars, E.T., Close Encounters, Star Trek, The X-Files, Space uh, 1999, The Jetsons, The Day the Earth Stood Still, and many more, accompanied by a laser light show narrated by George Takei. Troopers manned the lobby, posed for many pictures before the show and during intermission. They handed out tons of business card coloring books and temporary tattoos after the performances the troopers met with the ever-gracious Mr. Takei, call me George, and were able to take group photos with him, thanks to Clark TK9582 for that report. You know, you know what I'm going to say, right? Again, with uh, the Trek stuff. I know. Always <laughs> slipping its way into this podcast. No more, I'm telling you. But I'll let, I'll let it pass, though, because I like George. Oh, my. I bet you do. I think it's time to move along. Four members of the Philippine Outpost had the honor of trooping for underprivileged children of the Philippine General Hospital in Manila. 
O'Neill, TK1330, reports, We are so glad that we were able to bring smiles to the faces of children with non-critical illness as well as their families. The sight of the little children in their hospital beds who are barely able to move, yet who are able to smile and wave when we came in, brought tears to our eyes. It's times like these that I'm glad I wear a helmet. Nobody likes to see a a weeping stormtrooper. While this may have been a tiring event, it was easily the most satisfying. I would not hesitate to don the armor just to see those less fortunate children smile once again. I'm proud to wear the armor alongside my brothers and sisters in white. Thanks to Commanding Officer Manny, TK8880, for that report. I know if Varza were here, I would have had to have warned her that that was yet another tear-jerking mission report. As we mentioned on a previous episode, the 501st New England Garrison trooped the annual Ariza Convention with special guest Legion founder Albin Johnson. Their first event in the Aresia Convention, was the Sith Ball on Friday evening, which went very well. They were able to sell over $200 in raffle tickets in just a few hours and received numerous compliments on their costumes from the guests and event coordinators as well. Their Saturday presentations did so well that there was standing room only for the molding and casting panel and a full room for the costume weathering panel as well. Overall, the New England Garrison raised $800 for the Make-A-Wish Foundation through raffle ticket sales. Thanks to Andrew, TK3220, for that report. And, of course, I'm, Jabba the Hutt was there, as always, the, Jabba, the, the server-crashing Jabba the Hutt life-size uh, puppet. I can't wait to see that thing. I, I really hope they're bringing it to Dragon Con this year. That's, uh, that's going to be pretty awesome in the parade if they can get it down there. Oops, was I not supposed to say anything about that? But anyway, <laughs> well, definitely get your tickets for Dragon Con. That's coming up later in the year. Updating location to objective tracker. One of the newer segments that we started adding is including upcoming events. Thanks to Andrew of the New England Garrison. He has been uh, collecting a lot of these upcoming events from various garrison and outpost calendars, uh, You know, cert- scouring the Internet, trying to find this information because we really don't have a centralized um, Legion calendar, Legion event calendar. I mean, it's just, we have so many members around the world that it's very difficult to coordinate these things. So please bear in mind as we, um, as we review the upcoming events that times and dates and events do change. So please contact your local garrison or the local host 501st unit prior to attending event, especially if you are going to be traveling a long distance to see the 501st. So let's move right along. Laura, you've got something for us that's happening in Philadelphia. It's now Garrison uh, Karita's turn to host the traveling exhibit of Star Wars where science meets imagination. The traveling display of original costumes and props officially opens on Saturday, February 9th at the Franklin Institute in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. There will also be some uh, media and promotional events at a special gala that the 501st will be attending on the Thursday and Friday before the event. If you're near Philly... You may see some troopers in key spots around the city on February 7th and 8th promoting the exhibit opening, where Science Meets Imagination will be at the Franklin Institute and until May. I'm sure our troopers will be there often, so go check it out. I wish I was near Philly so I could go see it, because I haven't been able to see the the, the event yet, or the, uh, the exhibit. Um, I'm heading down for the, the opening for the whole weekend, February 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th. So it should be fun. I got to do the opening for the Boston exhibit too, and that was very cool. Oh, very cool, Nikki. Well, we uh, will then expect you to bring us a uh, on-scene audio recording uh, to report on that. I don't know. I don't know. Like- I'll be in my Jawa, so I don't think you'll be able to understand me. 
Jawas carry recording devices. As I say, <laughs> Nikki, Nikki, the reporting Jawa. That's pretty cool. Okay. <laughs> All right, so anybody, if you go there and you see a little Jawa walking around with like a microphone and uh, you know, like a tape deck, you know, that's not a droid caller. That's a microphone. Speak clearly. <laughs> We've got some other events coming up. On uh, January 26th, the Midwest Garrison will be attending the Kohler Arts Center Gala Benefit in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Plus, they'll also be at the one-man Star Wars show in Crystal Lake, Illinois. Central Garrison will be at the Omaha Roller Girls, the Derby Strikes Back, Skate Days in Omaha, Nebraska. Alpine Garrison will be appearing at a birthday party fundraiser in Cedar City, Utah. And Dune C. Garrison will be spending the weekend at Phoenix Cactus Comic Con that we talked about in an earlier podcast. On January 27th, the UK Garrison will be appearing at the Stars Galaxy Fairy Box Children's Party. And then on January 30th, they'll be at the London Toy Fair. On February 2nd, Garrison Tyrannus will be participating in the Special Olympics Polar Plunge in Virginia Beach, Virginia. The German Garrison will be in Carnival Parade in Bad Kreuznach, and the UK Garrison will be spending the weekend at Eden Court Theatre in Vernus for High-X Comic Con. On February 3rd, the German Garrison will be continuing on at Carnival, Par- Carnival Parade in Braunschweig and then in Wiesbaden. On February 4th, they will also be doing Carnival Parade, but this time in Auckland. Also on February 4th, the Connecticut Garrison will be appearing at a Friendly's Fun Night. An old line garrison will be participating in the DC Star Wars Collector Society Roadshow at the Oddton Library in Oddington, Maryland. Then I got the the Dubac Root Squad. We're having a blood drive on February 10th in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We'll have a link in the show notes. So if you're you're in the Albuquerque area and you want to donate some blood, please sign up. I'm going to be donating in armor once again, and hopefully I don't pass out this time. So well, we'll look. We'll forward. see how that. We'll look forward to a mission report on that one too, if you can, uh, if you survive. Yeah, I survived last time. Good luck with so, that. Yeah, so we got some cool pictures though. Me donating donating an armor last time. So we'll see how it works out. This time there's not going to be a four hour uh, droid hunt right before I decide to donate. So oh yeah, that wouldn't help. Yeah, so I think that was the the reason why I passed out last time. So, <laughs> but it was fun, and you know, some somebody got some uh, some trooper blood. So. very cool well remember again that upcoming events are subject to change without notice so please contact your local 501st garrison or outpost before attending any event to confirm its status now let's move right along to more fan mail messages from the fans i am picking up a new contact i am signaling our people now copy that Uh, the first one we have is from brendan he writes hello 501st legion my name is brendan in new jersey my birthday is on April 19th, 2008, and I really want you guys to come. I love Star Wars, and I have a lot of Star Wars stuff. I'm having my birthday party at Laser One, and I wanted to know if you could come play some laser tag with us. P.S. If you could get me a clone trooper suit, that would be great. Thank you. Ah, uh, Well, hi, Brandon. Uh, we certainly appreciate your support. However, due to the high volume of birthday requests and the fact that our members are all volunteers with limited real-life schedules, we cannot guarantee any appearance. However, an individual responsible for hosting an event may submit an appearance request through 501st.com. 
Thanks, and hope you have a great birthday. P.S. Unfortunately, we do not have any spare sets of armor to give away, but we highly recommend and encourage you to have fun constructing your own. That's what the 501st is all about. Here's another one from Mark. Mark writes, Have you heard of the Mandalorian Mercs Costuming Club? Your costumes seem to be a bit more precise, where theirs seem to take a bit more artistic liberty. Are you associated or affiliated with them at all? Well, hi, Mark. The Mandalorian Mercs are not affiliated with the 501st Legion, although some of our members may also be members of this Custom Mando Costume Club, since we do not currently restrict membership to a single costuming club. As you pointed out, the 501st is dedicated to the recreation of canon Star Wars villain costumes as seen in the films, comics, and video games, etc. However... There appears to be enough interest in custom non-canon creations to warrant a club like the Mandalorian Mercs. It's good to see that there is something for everybody in this hobby, and we wish the Mercs all the best. Thanks for asking. Next we have a letter from David. Hello, I am interested in joining the legions of the 501st, but am unclear on a few things. My major concern is that I don't have a suit of armor, and I was wondering if you have to have one in order to join the 501st, and if so... Could you maybe direct me on where I can find one? Thanks so much. Hi, David. This is actually a very common question. We only have two requirements for joining the 501st. One is that you are at least 18 years of age. And the second is that you must own a professional quality costume representing a Star Wars villain, a canon Star Wars villain. For leads on acquiring or building your own 501st eligible costume, you'll want to visit one of our 501st detachments, which are forum-based subunits that focus on constructing specific costumes such as bounty hunters, Sith lords, and even plain old stormtroopers. You'll find links to these detachments on 501st.com under the Costuming Resources menu. Thanks for writing, and we hope to have you trooping with us soon. Yay, more troopers. Okay, so moving right along to the wrap-up for this episode... Lore, you've got some anniversary wishes, or at least one for us? we got an anniversary wish for the Malaysia Brunei Outpost. It's their second anniversary, so happy anniversary, uh, hey, Malaysia c- Brunei. Congratulations. It seems like just, just yesterday they were just a small band of, of troopers isolated out in the middle of nowhere, but they've done some great things and definitely look forward to watching them grow. Well, regarding the uh, contest and giveaway, again, we mentioned earlier in this episode that Episode 7's contest is going to be to identify the exact Star Wars film and the scene that we played earlier in French with C-3PO. The last episode, we had a contest for identifying the first reference to the 501st Legion in Steve Sansweet's Star Wars Vault book. The answer, which completely befuddled hundreds of our of our listeners, maybe not hundreds, I like to think so. It confused so many people. The answer was actually on the cover. If you look closely, if you take off the slip cover of the book and you look on the actual cover of the book, in the bottom right corner, kind of ghosted back, you'll see there is a 501st Legion logo on there. So thanks again, Steve and Pete, for putting that on the cover. And congratulations to last episode's winner, Jim, TK4426 from Lonsdale, Minnesota, in the Central Garrison for correctly identifying that first reference. Enjoy your supersized 501st Legion 10th anniversary patch. And don't forget, the prize for this contest, for this episode's contest, is the Celebration 3 Droid Hunt badge signed by Rena Owen, Tonwi from Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. Don't forget, previous winners, not eligible. Don't try it. <laughs> we got a few website reminders. We're always at 501st.com slash podcast, where you can find out everything you need to know about this episode and previous episodes. 
So check us out there, and you can always be our MySpace friend at myspace.com slash BibleFirstCast. Thanks again, everybody, for listening for the second episode of 2008. It looks like it's going to be a great year for the 501st Legion. Be sure to check us out at all the upcoming events. Uh, find something that's near you. Come by and take some pictures with us, and we will see you next episode. Move along. The 501st Legion is a worldwide Star Wars costuming organization comprised of and operated by Star Wars fans. While it is not sponsored by Lucasfilm Limited, it is Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial Costuming Group. Star Wars, its characters, costumes, and all associated items are the intellectual property of Lucasfilm. Copyright 2007, Lucasfilm Limited. All rights reserved. Used under authorization. Thanks for listening to this installment of 501st Cast Classics. We hope you enjoyed reliving news from the 501st Cast's early years. We plan to re-release a classic episode each month, so stay tuned.